All right, everybody, welcome back to week nine, uh, day two of our uh, LBC 2024 Bible Reading Plan podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan White, and today uh, we are going to be looking at Acts chapter seven. Uh, now, we've, we're in this section on on the patriarchs, right? We've, we've moved on from Abraham, and we're looking into really just filling out the rest of, of Genesis and how God uh, keeps his promises, and he continues them on through these early uh, Israelite patriarchs, right? So we talked a little bit earlier this week about Isaac and Jacob and Esau and that uh, relationship there. And today we get really kind of a New Testament perspective uh, on these patriarchs, right, in the person of Stephen. Now, if you're familiar with Stephen, he's one of the uh, the early leaders in the church uh, elected to serve as one of the deacons of the church. And it's clear from um, really just the first moment that Stephen has mentioned that he is a uh, man of significant uh, gifts. Like his teaching is making a vast difference for the kingdom, vast difference for the church. Uh, and it starts to become aware, um, the, the uh, Jewish leaders start to become aware of his teaching and the difference that it's making. Uh, and they're uh, offended by it and they're challenged by it. Just like, honestly, we see with the person of Jesus, right? Uh, they don't like the things that he's saying. It's pushing back against some of their practices and they seek to uh, really just end him, right? They arrest him uh, and they bring about these false accusations that he's blaspheming against Moses, against the law, against the temple, and ultimately against God. So at the end of chapter 6, we see that Stephen has been arrested. And in chapter 7, uh, is really what we see is Stephen's trial. And, and really the way he, he enters into this trial uh, is basically he's going to preach a sermon. He's going he's gonna to just share the gospel with them uh, as he is defending himself. And how he does it is really offers this kind of redemptive historical sermon. Now it's uh, especially beneficial for us because this Bible reading plan we're walking through this year is a redemptive historical reading plan. And basically what that means is just showing how God has worked throughout history um, to bring about his plan for redemption of his people. That's what we've done so far, right? And we're in week nine of looking uh, through how God has worked in history to redeem his people. And that's exactly what Stephen is going to try to do here uh, as he preaches this sermon to, to defend uh, his, 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 his faith and defend what he's been doing. So he, he begins not at the beginning with Adam, but he begins at, at Abraham. And this is significant because really the Jewish people, they, they believe this, right? They don't believe that Israel started with Adam, even though, you know, all of man started with Adam. They believe Israel started with Abraham. And we've talked before about how significant being a child of Abraham was in the Jewish culture at that time. So Stephen starts this redemptive historical sermon with Abraham. And in verse 2, he says, Brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. And it's, it seems just as not much here, but what Stephen is doing here is vastly important because, again, the accusations against him were that he was blaspheming uh, against the temple and against the law. So what he does here is show that God appeared to Abraham long before the temple even existed and really long before he was even in the promised land, right? That's what he says in, uh, in the, the second half of that verse. He was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. So what really, and he's going to go on and he's going to relate this to Moses as well. He shows us that God met Moses not in the temple, not in this special place, but in the wilderness. And he's wanting the Israelites, the Jewish leaders, to understand that God, Yahweh, that they are worshiping is not confined just to a building or to a temple, but he is the God of the entire universe. 
And he's pointing back to these people that they say he's blaspheming to show the truth of how God has worked within them, how God has maintained his promises and ultimately fulfilled them in the person of Jesus. That's, that's Stephen's argument throughout this sermon is that all of these people, all these things that, that you have built your life on, the promises to Abraham, the promises to Moses, those promises have now been fulfilled in the person of Jesus. But then he also says that just... As your ancestors resisted Moses, just as your ancestors resisted Abraham, you now are resisting the Holy Spirit. And what a bold claim that is to make, right? You can imagine the the faith that Stephen must have had in Christ to make these claims, to call them out on their blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. He really turns the tables on them, right? He's been accused of blaspheming God and the law and Moses. And now what he's saying is that these Jewish leaders are actually blaspheming and resisting the Holy Spirit just as their ancestors did, just as the prophets called them out for doing. And that was a a serious accusation. They would have known the history of their ancestors and how they uh, rejected uh, God's prophets, right? When when they were following Moses, they wanted to turn back to Egypt. And, and, and Stephen now is saying that they're doing the exact same thing, that they've seen the revealed truth of God in his son, Jesus Christ, and they're resisting this truth, being disobedient to the God that they are worshiping and supposedly following. So this is all uh, preached, and Stephen wraps up his sermon in verse 51. He says, again, this is what he tells him. He says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. And then just to finish that section, he says, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law and is delivered by angels and did not keep it. So you can imagine the rage of these Jewish people who were trying to arrest Stephen and ultimately kill him because of his what they perceived blasphemous teaching. He's now accused them of this deep level of blasphemy and of them rejecting the law. And, and what we see is that Stephen is now going to become the first Christian martyr, right? He's going to be stoned uh, and put to death for these accusations against him. But in so doing, what he does is really just echo what Christ has done, right? He has just recently seen Christ go to the cross uh, to be put to death for these teachings, to be put to death for proclaiming the truth. And as he does so now, as he's being uh, cast out of the city to be stoned, he's going to echo the words of Christ, right? Uh, He's going to echo them when he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Just as Christ said on the cross, Father, I commend to you my spirit. And in the last breath, Stephen does exactly what Jesus did. He says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. He wants God to forgive the men who are putting him to death, who have rejected him, who have blasphemed him, who have dishonored him by the way they've lived their life. He wants God to forgive them because he knows God is willing and able and ready to forgive them. What a testimony that is. And Stephen's life really just serves again to show us that the way of the Christian life leads to the cross, right? We're promised not easy roads, not comfortable situations. We're promised suffering and death for the sake of the gospel. Stephen saw that, he faced that, and he stepped up to this opportunity to rightfully proclaim the good news of Jesus. And these men resisted it and put him to death for it. But Stephen, again, he's shown us what we need to be seeing, is that all throughout history, God has worked in his people to keep his promises. And just as Stephen wanted them 
to see that these promises have been fulfilled in Jesus, we need to understand for ourselves that all of God's promises are made true and made whole in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So I hope that's an encouragement to you this week. If you're struggling with doubt of God's promises or or wondering where he's working in your life, look to the cross, right? Look to Jesus who suffered and died, who took our place, and who redeems and restores us to right relationship with God the Father. Church, I hope you're blessed today as you spend this time in Acts chapter 7, and we'll look forward to being back with you next time to look at Genesis 32. Until then, God bless.